Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Manxiety Podcast. We're your hosts, Ashad and Matt. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. If you want to share this with your friends, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Manxiety Podcast. I almost was going to say it's new beginnings because I have a new background. I, I shifted my desk around. I'm actually standing right now. I'm, I'm on my standing desk. I feel like um, I should be standing too. I don't want to feel inferior is, to you. I'm just going to stand. Right. It's, it's going to change your whole dynamic. You know, everything's going to look different. Oh, look, there he is. He's standing up. Oh, yeah. Look at him. Um, but anyways, as always, it's Monday. You know what that means. Hashtag Manxiety Mondays. We're back to dissect and discuss and uh, the destroy stigmas around anxiety in men there we go what's up the three d's the three d's <laughs> um and this week we're talking about knowledge is dot 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 threw a little fucking ellipses in there because i know i've been saying the past couple times right i've, I've been over here like everybody knows what the episode title is because you do because it's on the download or, you know, the, the image when you click on it for, for the um, show. But thought we'd throw a little curveball in there. Hope it didn't cause you any anxiety at home, right? Knowledge is dot, dot, dot. What is knowledge? A shot. Knowledge is... Well, I think people are supposed to fill in the blank. I, I, I don't want to fill in that blank for people. No, but this is a very inclusive show. So knowledge can be whatever you want it to be. But the main topic for today... Um, is what knowledge is and isn't, right? And I'll explain that a little bit. So in today's day and age, right, we have, there's there's so much data, there's so much information, we have so much more knowledge. We have knowledge about our bodies that we've never had before. We have knowledge about uh, planet Earth, about the galaxy, about Anything you can think of, right? Like scientific research, medical research, you know, technological research has gotten us so far. We know, you know, we have the Large Hadron Collider like smashing atoms together and we know what is smaller than atoms and we know we have electric cars, we have, you know, space telescopes that are going to show us the, you know, galaxies and stars forming during the Big Bang. I mean, there's just, there's so much, there's so much information and knowledge. Are we doing another Star Wars episode? Is that, <laughs> is, is that, is that where you're going with this? I, I know we've been leaning real heavy into the Harry Potter themes, right? We're like, you know, Malfoy's an INTJ. That was a real popular clip. Um, but are we going Star Wars with this galaxy stuff or are we? But we can. I mean, I want to, you know, do a little crossover between Harry Potter and Star Wars and bring them both together. All right, I'll get my wand. I'll get. I have a. I have a ruler. And I'll bring so my lightsaber. Oh, let me. Close as all. Let me go and grab my lightsaber. Dude, oh, I don't know why. I have I, a ruler on my you. desk. You so that's this? what I got. Actually, fun fact: while he's getting that, do you know why I have a ruler on my desk? Because this was a filler item for something I ordered from Staples, and it was ninety nine cents, and I got free shipping. So go. In your word, you're saying. I know it's okay. But I brought my lightsaber. Let's go. Oh, wow. I know. It's uh, bigger in person. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh no this is not an episode about star wars uh or harry potter no what what i'm referring to is 
with all this knowledge, right? Now we know now we know more about our bodies. We know more about the galaxy. We know more about everything. It feels like everything. Um and because we know more, there's more to worry about and more to be anxious about, right? So this this topic um I sort of started thinking about this topic because as uh, you know, as I mentioned, we're expecting a baby soon. And during this process, we had to do some genetic testing. Or okay, had to is is a very uh, loose word. We didn't have to do it. There was genetic testing that is offered, and we decided to uh, do the testing. Now they do some standard testing that they've been doing for years uh, to check for Down syndrome and chromosomal abnormalities, right? So th- those are pretty standard. But in recent years, they've also started doing some testing for uh, gene mutations and for single gene mutations, which is sort of a brand new one that insurance doesn't even cover at this point. So we decided to do all this testing, right? Because we want to make sure that, you know, our future child is going to be healthy and isn't going to have any of these issues and, you know, is going to be born healthy and without any uh any mutations or any hereditary diseases or whatever else there is but now because we knew that there's this testing you know there were uh, i think there was like 50 things it was testing for there were 50 new diseases and abnormalities and mutations that there was a chance of our child having that we now knew about so 50 new reasons to worry about them right and, you know, if you don't know about them, just like we didn't know before, obviously, we started going through this process, it's not something you think about, right? You you don't sit there and go like, oh, like my child might be born with, I don't know, X, Y, and Z disease or whatever, unless you actually have it or, you know, your partner has it or someone in your family has it and you know that it's hereditary. In that case, yes, you might be worried. You might go and get that specific one checked out. But in most cases... You know, if you don't know about something, it's kind of uh, out of sight, out of mind. But in this case, because we had this power to um, check for these, and now we have the knowledge um, and the technology to look for them, and now we have the knowledge that these things exist, it started causing some anxiety towards them. And, you know, I've, I've been pretty good. I've had my anxiety more or less under control. So it wasn't it wasn't very much anxiety for me. I you know, I waited for the results, you know, I did all the right things, took care of myself to make sure that I wasn't feeling anxious sort of during that whole process. Um, but I can see how if it was, you know, a year or two ago that I was going through this when I didn't have as much management over my anxiety, how this could really make me feel more and more anxious, right? And, you know, you you give, uh, in this case, the mother gives some blood, right, goes to the lab, and then you wait for results. And with sort of the COVID surge happening and um, the results, uh, the lab being sort of far away and the blood having to be sent, the results took like two weeks, maybe a little bit more than two weeks. So you're sitting there for two weeks thinking, oh, no, is something wrong? Oh, no, is something going to happen? Like, it, you know. 
just like you start reading over all of the different genetic disorders and chromosomal abnormalities and gene mutations there might be and what they cause. And they're all these like horrible things, right? Like just these, um, just these diseases that's like, you know, you don't, um, it would be hard to live with and to, to take care of. And as you're waiting, sort of, right, like your anxiety is growing more and more. Until the results finally come back, and in our case, they came back, and they were like, all right, you know, all good on the, um, uh, what is it called? Like, all good on the Down syndrome and the chromosomal abnormality, so nothing there. So then we were uh, waiting on uh, the gene mutations one, and, you know, one of the gene mutations came back that uh, my wife was a carrier. And that just means that, you know, they have a recessive gene for one of the listed um, uh, diseases that are on there. Right. So now, you know, you're a carrier. So your anxiety is like kind of shooting up. You're like, oh, no. You know, what does this mean? Essentially. So, you know, we talked to the doctor. We found out doctors like, all right, like you need to get tested. I need to get tested to find out. Uh, what, uh, whether I may be a carrier as well. And basically, if only one of the parents is a carrier, there's no reason to worry. There's no chance for the child to get it. If both of the parents are carriers for this specific disease, there's a one in four chance that your child might have it. So now you're thinking about this, right? Now you have all this knowledge of like, someone's a carrier, there's this one in four chance, now you're getting more and more into your head, you know, what if this happens, what's going to happen next, like, what if the kid has it, just all this stuff, anyway, so then I had to go and give blood, then there's another two-week waiting period, <laughs> so uh, think about it, for a whole month, you're just waiting, kind of, until you get results, you know, in our case, it, luckily, uh, I was not a carrier, so it was all good, Everything, everything came out clean. We were all good, but it just got me thinking about, you know, there's all these things out now to help you catch diseases and catch other things before they happen, right? Uh, being more, um, instead of being reactive, being more proactive about these things. But with that proactiveness, you also get all of this extra potential anxiety that can that can be included. And th this isn't the only case, right? There's a lot of others. Uh, think about, for example, I don't want to give everyone <laughs> listening any kind of anxiety, but think about, for example, um, our galaxy, our solar system, right? Now, here we go again. <laughs> No, no, it's it's not. We're not getting into the depths of those things. I think we talked about that once and that was enough. No, but think about our solar system, right? At nights for hundreds and thousands of years, people have looked up and seen the stars and seen meteor showers and all this stuff and no worries. And at some point we discovered that there were dinosaurs. And then, you know, sometime later we discovered that the dinosaurs died because an asteroid hit the planet. So now we're like, oh no, oh shit, this happened before, it can happen again, right? So some anxiety there for people, I'm sure. 
And then over time, we discover that we, we start making all these telescopes and we can start looking into the skies and we see these asteroids zooming by left and right just all over our solar system. And now we have a little bit more anxiety because we can see them actually like coming at us. And we probably didn't know how to track their trajectories yet, right? And then they figure out how to track trajectories. So now they're looking at this, at all of these little different things that are coming at us through a small telescope. They're like, all right, well, that one is traveling at, you know, this uh, at this speed and this angle, whatever, that's not going to hit us. That one's going to burn up in the atmosphere. The moon's gravity is going to pull that one, whatever, whatever, right? And over time, we've built more and more of this, right? We've built bigger telescopes, and now we see even more coming at us. And we've built even more ones, and we've built computer models that can calculate all this stuff. And now we're at a point where we, we know that there are potential asteroids out there that can come and crash into Earth. Uh, and because of that, people have started thinking about ways to avert that kind of disaster if it, can, if it potentially happens. But what I'm saying is if you didn't know that information, you wouldn't even think about it, right? You wouldn't think twice about rocks flying around the galaxy or the solar system coming at Earth. Uh, but now that we know, or if you're interested and you do reading into this stuff and you know, now you might feel anxious because you're like, you know, what if one of those stars that you see is getting closer and closer? And what if it comes and actually hits us? Matt, you've been awfully quiet. I feel like Matt right now. Because I've talked so much, so I'm gonna I'm gonna zip it for a bit, uh, and and give you uh, you know give you the mic, give you the stage. That was great. I'll I'll pretend to be you real quick. So I worked on the house, and that was all I did this week, and um, <laughs> that's it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding, of course. Um, something I mean that was all great points. Uh, it was I was silent because it was important, right? Otherwise, I would have jumped in there. Yeah, and sorry, when we were talking about the Star Wars and Harry Potter stuff, I forgot. I don't know why I went straight for my lightsaber. I think it's because you went for the wand and I wanted this crossover to happen. But I actually have a wand right here, uh, the Elder Wand. Uh, and I also have another wand right here um, that just sit I, on my desk. So I deadass thought that was a vape and not a wand <laughs> when you <laughs> this, lifted it up. This one? For a second. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck kind of check? Oh, no, this is technically a pen. Ah, okay. But it's uh, made to look like a wand. Ah, very cool. Yeah, um, anyway, sorry, continue. Well, real quick, uh, you basically gave the plot of the movie Don't Look Up, which is on Netflix, which is a good movie. Have you seen it? I have not seen it. But... Oh, you should watch it. It's about uh, an asteroid potentially impacting with Earth and what people do in that type of situation. Interesting. Um, it's really good. It has uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Um, it has uh, and... the chick. What's her name too, right? Um, isn't it Katniss Everdeen? No. Yeah, it is uh, right? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, uh, it's got. I mean, it's got a lot of famous people in it. But um, the re the reason why I pointed out Leo is because he's very big on the environment. Yeah, and he's pushing to like make sure that we are fighting climate change, and uh, that movie is. I think it's like an allegory or like, I guess like more like a metaphor, metaphor for what's going on with climate change and how like people kind of put their heads in the sand and just like, oh, whatever. Cause like, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, um, oh, why would you tell it. me? I haven't seen it. You, you, you did this with me in Encanto. 
no, no, but it, it, the, the, like, it doesn't really spoil what happens. But basically, there's an asteroid, right? You know that in the first like couple minutes. And it's called Don't Look Up because at a certain point, people are like, oh, just don't look up. Don't worry about it. Just put your head in the sand. Right? Like, there's no asteroid. What do you mean? Just don't look up at the sky, right? Right. I mean, out of sight, and, out of mind, right? That's... Right. And what that reminds me of with the title for today is knowledge is dot, dot, dot. Typically, the phrase is knowledge is power, right? But the way I would word it in in the context of what we're talking about today is knowledge is powerful, right? Right. It can be not enough knowledge is, is very kind of powerless, maybe. But knowledge both ways is powerful. If you don't have enough of it or you have too much of it, Right, we always say too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Too much of a bad thing is probably still a bad thing. Um, <laughs> you want that balance between it, right? And the more that you know, and the more that you can Google and, and go through all these like genetic diseases, like you were talking about, right? Uh, the more that things become scary because they're very unclear when you get that deep into the scientific literature, that deep into the data, the amount of data that goes into it. Um, we were seeing this early on with 23andMe, which should now be called 23andMiniMe if they're testing kids. <laughs> um, and people would go to their doctor and say, Doc, I need you to give me medication for gout. Right. Like, what do you mean? You don't have gout. You would know if you have gout. You'd have you know intense foot pain and all the other symptoms of it. And they were like, well, I did my 23andMe and it said I'm 3% more likely to, to have gout. So I'm going to cut out all meat and I'm going to go vegan. And the doctor's like, you don't need to do that. That three percent is very small overall, right? Like, so when you're looking at that data, it's 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 tough, especially with DNA stuff, because we have a buddy um, that he's trained on this. You you right? have he a buddy? To, well, he's your buddy too. Oh, is um, he? I uh, I don't know who you're talking about, so I don't. I'll text you who I'm talking about. It's um, not good. But he went to uh, a, a really prestigious school for this, uh, basically doing like all things genetic testing, and uh, you know I was talking to him a while ago. I was like, so you know, there's this uh, one called like I think it's Prometheus which you can like take your 23andMe data or whatever you have tested, whatever your uh, DNA data is, you can run it through it. It'll give you every single thing that's fucking wrong with you. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's like every single possible permutation based on the data and like what we have so far and what we know. And some of it is really important because some of it is maybe you're more likely to be lactose intolerant or, right. you, or you have a specific genetic uh, mutation with like, a, I think it's MTFR, which is like methylation. So you like process B vitamins differently, right? And you might need a different supplement or something, right? There are things that are very helpful, but when you're taking all that raw data, which it's every bit and bite and piece that makes up you, right, as a person, and you're thrown into a computer and going, holy shit, look at what's, look at what's wrong, yeah. right? You can have 5 million things wrong with you. That's where knowledge, even though it can be very powerful, can also be fucking detrimental. Oh, yeah. Right, because now you're just like, oh my god, I have this, and I have this, and I have gout, and I'm gonna get this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna die when I'm 35, and I'm gonna have, you know, this thing, and that's where we kind of want to cut that off when you start getting down that spiral thinking, right? It can be very tough to do, but if you kind of remember back to our stoic exercises and our stoic episodes where we did that that series on it, right? You have to control what you can, and kind of let go of what you can't control. Yep. Right. You can't control your genetic makeup right now. I mean, there's things that they're trying to do with, um, shit, what's it called? Where they're trying like to like change splicing. people's... Um, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, but, but they're trying to, like, you know, inject stuff to, to change people's DNA so that, like, for some of these really crazy rare diseases, they can eradicate them, which is super cool information, right? Um, 
I think in the future, if we if we really push that far, we look like a thousand years in the future, like some Wally shit. Uh, everybody's just gonna look like the fucking rock because everybody's gonna be like, bro, give me the shit that makes me like tall, fucking jacked. Like everybody's gonna look the same. It's gonna be like fucking ditto Pokemon just talking to each other. Like this is the perfect body. Uh, this is the perfect not. brain. You know, uh, it's it'll, called it'll CRISPR. Kind of CRISPR technology. CRISPR, yes, that's what it's called. CRISPR. Yeah, CRISPR uh, gene really, editing. Really interesting shit. But again, don't start googling it after you've listened to our episode at 9 p.m. before you're gonna go to bed in a few hours and then go down the fucking rabbit hole of this and three in the morning you're over here thinking like oh my god i need to download my prometheus data and then start genetically engineering (laughs) myself and my fucking children and family and everything like that um so yeah it, it it is crazy um i will i butchered it earlier when we were catching up so what is the uh uncle ben quote from spider man because hey Spoiler alert on this one, kids at home. If you get bit by a radioactive spider, which looks like a black widow in the show, you don't get superpowers, you die, okay? Oh, you don't know uh, that. Have you ever been bit by a radioactive spider? No, then but the fact you know? that like he gets bit by the spider and has all these like really bad reaction <laughs> yeah. to it and then just decides to fucking stay at home is is really uh, an expression of our healthcare system right now instead yeah. of going to get checked out to the urgent care he's like i don't have fucking health insurance i'm in high school bro i'm just gonna i'm gonna sleep it off two days later he wakes up with superpowers uh please get medical attention if, the, if it's a med- medical emergency but anyways uncle ben what's the quote i i fuck it up all the time uh well i'm gonna say the quote that uh matt said earlier which is with great responsibility comes great power No, that doesn't sound very right. I think the real quote, Matt, here is, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, And it's very true, right? We, again, just because we have the power to change our genes with CRISPR gene editing, should we be changing our genes to look differently or to um, act differently or something? I mean, yeah, if there is a disease that we can prevent, right? If a child is going to be born with some sort of genetic disease and you use gene editing to take it out, I'm all for that. Some people are probably still think it's questionable, but I'm for it, right? Get rid of any kind of mutations. Let's, you know, let's be clear of all these diseases. Let's get rid of suffering and pain for people. But we all know that if some technology like this comes out, you're going to have the millionaires that are going to go, like, you know, I want my baby to look like The Rock, right? Like you said, like, you know, all these muscles. I want them to have this face and this kind of nose and these colored uh, eyes and this colored hair and this and that. Designer babies, essentially. You know, that's, it goes back to that, right? Now we have this power. Now we need to be responsible with it. Same thing with any of the rest of this stuff, Right? We have the power now to, again, with the, um, with the James Webb Space Telescope, we have the power now to look into the cosmos and see stars forming after the Big Bang. Potentially. Potentially, right? That's, that's the hope. Now that we have that power, now that we know how these stars are formed, you know, should we use that information to go and form our own stars? Should we use it to go you know unengineer our sun so that it doesn't turn into a a red dwarf or whatever the hell it's going to turn into a white dwarf a red supergiant whatever the the different types of stars are 
so that we have more time, right? Like all of these different factors come into play now. And now that we know that, should we start feeling anxious because we know that stars were formed, uh, I don't know, 80 million years ago and some of the stars that were formed back then are dead already and our sun is 79 million years old. So in a million years it's going to be gone or whatever, right? Like, should that start causing us anxiety? Sorry, Matt, you had something to say. I was just going to say real quick that that thought progression that you just gave about can we reverse engineer the fucking sun started to give me anxiety because <laughs> I'm over here like some rich asshole is going to recreate the goddamn sun and then blow us up like a fucking superhero movie, um, right? Or like fuck something up and damn, that's that's a good point. I truthfully didn't know much about what the telescope was for. I just know it was a cool thing that people are doing and I think that's great. But um, yeah, that's really interesting. And, and that's, I mean, that's something that happened live, everybody. What's yeah. up? You know, just like we're talking about it and then you, you start thinking about the possibilities and in my head, I'm like, oh shit, like super villains. Um, what happens when Loki finally comes to Earth, you know, because we're in the past on that one. Uh, they, they got the year wrong. You know, he tries to take over the Earth and I have to be like, I will not kneel or whatever the guy says to him. Right. And then he gets like shot with the, the blast and dies. Yep. Like, fuck, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, <laughs> maybe I kneel for a little bit and then and then decide <laughs> to, to, to pop up, you know, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's that's it's cool. But it's also very like. Ooh, how are we going to do this, right? I and, agree. And some fun uh, facts, if you want to know some other yeah. stuff about the James Webb Space Telescope. It was originally planned to be to cost about one to three and a half billion dollars. Uh, it cost $10 billion um, when it was, by the time it was done and recently launched. Uh, it was supposed to be launched in 2014. No, uh, from sometime between 2007 to 2011. Uh, and it obviously didn't launch uh, until 2022. Um, what else? It had a number. It, it, it took like, after it was launched, it took like, I think, a month to get everything uh, situated out in space. It's the size of a football field. So what? you can. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the telescope is the size of a football field. Um, it is in orbit in something called the Lorang Point Two L2, uh, or it's called an L2 orbit, which is um, past the orbit of the moon. So a lot of very cool stuff. Sometimes I'm glad I'm not as smart as I think I am. <laughs> because no, having to just how does wrap any my of this make around. you make it smart? <laughs> Just information. Uh, yeah, but all these nerds that came up with this football field telescope, bro. I want to play some football. I don't want to fucking... Actually, yeah, I'm a nerd. I don't know why I was trying <laughs> to use sports references there. I was like, uh, he, he scored some points. I'm just kidding. I know that it's a touchdown. Uh, sure you do. Yeah, that's cool. But damn, that's interesting. I should probably learn enough about it to where i can hold a conversation and don't feel like an idiot on a podcast uh but not enough no, not a lot of people I'm know about it up, i mean um, i'm i'm big on space i i love spacey stuff so i you know um I'm, I'm always reading space articles and stuff like uh today i read a space article that the most recent launch of starlink satellites by spacex 
were hit by a geothermal storm and 40 of them are going to come crashing back down to Earth uh, because they were knocked out of orbit by that storm. So I did read about that. Yeah. All cool stuff. But again, that comes back down to all this knowledge we have, right? If I didn't know about that and something came crashing down, I wouldn't think twice about it. I'd go like, hey, you know, the bird pooped some metals or something. They ate, <laughs> they ate a phone and they start pooping metals. Bird pooped metals. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, now that I know, if I see something come crashing down, I'm gonna go like, oh no, that's the, you know, the SpaceX. I thought you satellite. were the nerdy one. I think I might be the smarter of the two now. Bird poops <laughs> metals. Put that on a shirt and sell it, please. Bird poops metals. It's possible. Um, well, first of all, friend, birds aren't real, okay? They're drones. What are they, like drones commissioned by the government or whatever the conspiracy is? Sure. I I don't follow along uh, with there's, conspiracy theories. There's like this conspiracy that birds aren't real, and that they're actually drones that the government's put up and whatever, right? And that's why you see them like on wires because they're charging. <laughs> and then there was this thing where they were saying that like uh, COVID-19 was all a lie because they had to recharge the birds because the batteries only last like 80 years or some crap. So they had to like get everybody to, to go in their homes and be locked down to take all the birds that's away and like let them recharge. Because like you don't really see birds at night because they, they sleep, right? They're fucking sleeping. But... When you don't see them, you're like, where the fuck did they go, right? Like, I don't see them at night, so, like, they don't exist. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, actually, <laughs> owls are only out at night, so. Oh, but those are the surveillance cameras for nighttime, I understand. Yeah, that's why they could, I was about to demo it, but I was going to say that's why they have the, the 360 degree head turn that they can do. Right, right? I was about right, to be, like, big straight out of the exorcist yeah. or some shit, like, fucking spin <laughs> my head around and then, like, crack. And then all of a sudden I fall down and then uh, paramedics come. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but no, okay, so even uh, I'm glad you mentioned conspiracy theories because, again, knowledge is what? Lack of knowledge can also be powerful because for a lot of these conspiracy theories, it comes from a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge about avian history, right, about birds, and, uh, you know, what kind of birds there are and how they live. And that starts, you know, prompting conspiracy theories. A lack of knowledge about butterfly pavilions. I was reading an article the other day that a butterfly pavilion in Texas had to close down because conspiracy theorists thought that, I don't know what was happening there. Some The government was doing something over there. And they started like going and riding in front of it or like not riding, but protesting in front of it, like making it, you know, making sure it didn't open its doors and like all this stuff and cause it to close. Um, same thing with COVID, right? Even though we have all this knowledge about what COVID is, what it was caused, or we don't exactly know what it was caused by, but what it causes, right? The kind of sicknesses it causes. The people that choose to be oblivious to all that to not accept any of this knowledge that we found they create these conspiracy theories because to them it's easier to understand it makes more sense to them than the science itself because they don't want to accept the knowledge they don't want to learn um and they don't want to accept that we have scientists and experts that have studied these things their whole lives and who have the knowledge to understand these things. They don't want to accept their word for it. They want to go and 
understand it themselves. And in some cases, these things are too complex to understand. You know, I, I don't go around ex, ex, um, understanding every single thing that happens in the Large Hadron Collider when two atoms hit each other. All I know is that two atoms hit each other and we found smaller things that are smaller than atoms. Usually when two atoms hit each other, that's when I start yelling, fight, 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 <laughs> fight. Um, that was a good you one. You said atoms, right? Not atoms? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, good. Any any eaves in there? No. <laughs> is, it, is it also women's cage fighting? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think... Whichever way you look at it, what it kind of really comes down to is like critical reasoning, right? Being able to look at data and not go too far one way or the other. And a lot of times we can do this with anxiety where we overanalyze everything and we come up with every possible permutation of what's going to happen in our brain because that's the smart thing to do, right? We're being rational, right? We're kind of building out moves for what we're going to do. But um, in a lot of ways, that's kind of like chess. Where, like, there's opening moves in chess, right? I'm going to move my pawn here. I'm going to move my knight here. And then from there, um, there's, like, infinite possibilities, right? I don't know about infinite, but, yes, there are many, very many possibilities. <laughs> right. Mostly infinite, right? Let's logarithmically logarith infinite, right? It just, it just almost hits that line. Um, I, I thought you'd get that because you're a math nerd. Did you get it? Oh, I, I got it, but sure. <laughs> Sorry, he he's, he was just a nerd. He wasn't one of the funny kids. He doesn't know. He doesn't have a sense. No, of no, no. I completely understand. Laugh. No, I'm just didn't saying laugh. that there there are a limited number of chess moves that you can make. Technically, it would be unlimited because I can just keep moving my pawn, and you can keep moving yours, and we can just keep dancing around. No, yeah, that's limited strategy. to the same move. No, but that's the same move. If you move it to the right once. And then back to the left, and I move it to the right once and back to the left. We're just doing the same move over and over again. That's not an infinite number of moves. That's a single move done an infinite number of times. Also, in real chess, there are time limits, so. Yeah. Anyway. I forgot that you played chess. <laughs> <laughs> I did too, but I don't I don't know all the uh competitive rules yeah unlike anyways, you i didn't just watch uh, the queen's gambit once and uh consider myself a chess player no i played when i was a kid oh really yeah i didn't have anybody to really play with um but you can like play I with yourself. like my <laughs> i know i can <laughs> but it's more fun with other people trust me ha <laughs> ha um yeah i mean it's i played against like computers a bunch yeah. i went up against a grandmaster on like yahoo chess when i was like 12 years old and got smoked in like four or five moves because i was just like oh, i'm gonna move my fucking pawn today and then yeah, uh, i saw a pretty good bad one, and uh, i don't think i ever recovered mentally from it i think my ego was destroyed at that age i had to rebuild from there that's um, pretty funny I, I saw something pretty good the other day um in regards to that it's like if you want to impress a girl or a guy um in chess right online you open up one window with uh like uh one of those chess apps and you start playing the other with the other person in the other window and then you um have them start right and they make the first move and you make the first move on the chess app and then whatever move the ai makes you just make that same move against them and you just keep doing that you copy their moves to the ai um and and you will most likely win Especially if you go up against a very, very strong AI. I read an article the other day that I guess the last time someone had beat an AI in chess was like, I don't know, 
10 like years ago 30 years ago 30 years yeah. maybe 30 yeah, i some. i too go on reddit <laughs> um that's probably why i also read the thing about the starlink satellites crashing probably. um with the geothermal storm what's up i sound smart people um but with it with the chess analogy it's like you make a move somebody else makes a move right it's very dynamic right it's right. not static it's not like solved when you look at a game such as um uh tic-tac-toe right if you're going first you know you're going to pick the center because your possibilities are more likely to win and you know that you can trick somebody to either tying with you or letting you win if they make a mistake right like it's it's solved for there's only a set number of moves and there's a path to victory that's very clear and with you chess, also have an advantage working. with tic-tac-toe if you start first right because you can just pick the center and then roll i didn't or know you, you always pick the center I, I never pick the center actually that's why i always beat you even when you go first no you What's don't up? always beat me I've I've beaten you every single time we played. No, you haven't. We've never played, so I'm gonna count that as a win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but right, like the deeper you go with chess, there's more strategy. It gets a little murky. There's time limits, right? Like in life, sometimes there's time limits. I have a fucking deadline coming up, but it's very dynamic, right? So you don't need to go into the situation knowing every single possible chess move available. You just need to know I'm gonna do my opener. They're gonna react. I'm going to react to their reaction and I'm going to kind of just smoothly move through it. Right. And if there's a blunder and they take your piece and whatever, you can, you can have a do over. Right. Um, but yeah, with the anxiety side of everything else, like you don't need to know every single genetic variation. Right. It's just going to become super overwhelming and you're literally just going to be reading off strips of genetic code forever. Um, the same way you don't need to know how your computer talks to each other. Right. You don't need to really know binary. Um, well, I mean, again, I, I, I don't know if the lesson here is be ignorant and don't know. I think it's more of accept it for what it is and don't let it cause you anxiety, right? If it comes to the chess uh, analogy, it's good to know all the possible moves out there because if you're playing at that grandmaster level, you want to know, you know, you want to be multiple steps ahead. You want to know all the different possibilities that are going to happen so you can plan for it. But don't sit there and become... Um, well, it's like, don't become paralyzed by the exactly, right? exactly. Like analysis That's what I was going to say, right? Like if you're going to be a chess grandmaster, of course you need to know a shit ton about chess, right? If you're starting out as chess, you don't need to learn every single possible yep. permutation before you play a game with your friend. Exactly. Right. So it's Start like playing, make the moves, you know, and then you'll learn more. Um, and don't, like you said, don't get paralyzed. Don't sit there. If it's chess, don't sit there and see them make a move and automatically go to the worst set of moves that they can make to beat you in five turns and just sit there paralyzed because that's going to happen now because that, you know, there is no way that that can't happen. Um, yeah. Now that you have that knowledge, think about what you can do to prevent it. Think about other moves you can make. Think about what you can do, what you can control and go from there. Yeah. And if the game takes two weeks to resume, in the example you gave earlier where you had to wait two weeks for your test, try to put the, the game on pause. Do something else, right? Yep. And then you're going to come back to it when it's available, right? It, just worrying about those things, it's tough. But at the same time, it's not it's not going to be productive, right? Because you know you're going to get it in two weeks. Now, of course, if like they tell you two weeks and it's like, oh, actually, it's going to be three weeks. You're going, holy shit, they found something. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Um, but yeah, all, all good stuff. I agree. And with that, knowledge is powerful i think that's the uh that's the final final way to end this is uh with that power so anyways take care all everyone um 
stay safe, stay healthy, uh, stay knowledgeable, and you know, don't don't sweat the stuff you don't have control over. So until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon.